Venga. This time, right now, for the Nardwar de Human Serviette radio show on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You just heard right there the phone jerks with Can't Stand the Maritimes. And the phone jerks comes with this message to me. We heard actually from the phone jerks waiting. For the asteroid. And this comes with a message to me, Nardwar. Hello, Nardwar. I'd meant to bring this to you, a phone jerks 45, when I traveled to Toronto back in December to attend your video vault, but had left it in Moncton. Sorry for only getting this to you now. My friend Brian wanted you to have this copy and say hello for him. Hello! I believe you guys may have played a show together in Portland in the early 2000s when he was the frontman for the Valentine Killers. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you and thanks again for such a fun night at the Video Vault. Do do. Amber, thank you, Amber, for sending this phone jerks, and Brian, too, for recording it, this phone jerks 45. So, again, this was the phone jerks personally delivered via mail from Amber. The phone jerks can't stand the Maritimes. Today on Denardoir de Human Serviette radio show, an interview with, from Melbourne, Australia, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. And to prepare you for King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, I thought I would play a bunch of tracks from Back from the Grave Volume 9, which maybe has some connection. You'll have to find out to King Gizzard 
and a lizard wizard. So we are going to begin with the gentleman doing Cry and Shame from 1966. Dallas, Texas. Now, you may have heard this song before on a compilation. I was a teenage caveman, and actually many compilations, but this actually is the acetate demo version of that song. So, you collector nerds, please rejoice. This is the alternative version. Yes, it is a well-known garage classic, but this is the alternative version. Then we're going to cut into, again, also from Back from the Grave, Volume 9, James Bond and the Agents with Wild Angel from 1967, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then we're going to cut into The Witch. You've heard The Witch done by the Sonics. They wrote it. But this is an unnamed band doing The Witch, an acetate from Los Angeles, an alternative version, kind of like the Crying Shames alternative version. So, again, we're going to begin with the gentleman, James Bond and the agents, and then a totally unknown band, but they are covering the Sonics, The Witch, and then an interview with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard from Melbourne, Australia. On the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Here's the gentleman.
are you? I'm Stu from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Stu, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Stanley Park? Ooh, yeah. Stu, who else is in King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Well, we got Michael. Hello. Lucas. Hey. Big Cookie Doggy. Hello. Joey. Hello. Eric. Hello. Ambi. G'day. And together you are? King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Stu, right beside you, you have... Ambrose. Ambrose! <laughs> hey, yo. Now, you, Ambrose, almost got the Sonics autograph? Yeah, uh, I guess we almost did. <laughs> we played with him and it was crazy cool. Um, yeah, we played in Melbourne once and it was like a festival and they were the headline. And I definitely tried, but I was very intimidated and young and didn't. So you did not get the Sonics autograph? We ran into him again at Desert Days recently, but um, yeah, it just wasn't the right moment yet. Well, I have a gift for you, Ambrose, right here. An original Sonics signed poster from 1965 in Nanaimo, British Columbia, Canada. Whoa. Signed by all the Sonics. That's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. You were into Garage, the Sonics. That is like holy for you. Yeah. The Count Five, please explain. The Count Five, yeah. We in my other band, the Murlocs, used to cover the psychotic reaction. And yeah, all this stuff is the roots of all what we do. It's great. Thanks a lot. You covered some nuggets, didn't you? Um, yeah, we did. We've probably covered a few, actually. Well, I thought I'd reintroduce you to a song that you have covered before, because I saw you cover it, The Seeds oh. Pushing Too Hard. We did do this. We did. An original Seeds record. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Nadwa. Could you, uh, no problem. Could you please explain King Gizzard and The Seeds? Um, we covered this, I want to say once, but maybe more than once. We jammed with the Babe Rainbow, who were buddies of ours, in Perth at the Mojo's Bar on this. That's the only time I remember doing it. We may have done it another time. I think we did it. I think we did it at uni, like in a uni band once. Yeah, we might have done it. We might have done that too. Do you forget the songs you do? All the time. But this is cool because it's two chords, so you can't forget it. And also, I was curious, Air Rick. Air Rick. Of King Gizzard. And a lizard. Wizard. No, you're into garage rock too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I just love how primitive and raw it is. It's kind of, uh, I guess we all started listening to Nuggets and everything. It's how we started Gizzard. It's just so easy to play. It makes you want to like pick up an instrument and have a bash and start a band. It's rock and roll. And I thought I would give you something even better than Nuggets or Pebbles. Back from the Grave, Volume 10. Sick. I've got Volume 1 and 2, so Volume 10 sick. And there's Volume 10, an actual gatefold as well. It's very nice, very nice product. It feels... Back from the Grave is amazing. Yeah, I love the, the Back from the Grave comps. Really cool. Uh, what can you say about Eric? Eric. Um, <laughs> I would say that Eric's the boss, and that defines him. <laughs> Cheers. <That's good. laughs> but really, what can you say about Eric? Yeah, he's a good cook as of recently. He can make some mean brown rice stir-fry. That's about it. <laughs> He's going to be some, like, head of, like, an evil corporation at some point in his life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Eric, you are very coordinated, aren't you? What is going on in this photo right here? Could you explain lawn tennis? Um, this was actually... <laughs> this was a few weeks ago. That's so funny. I went... I was my dad, H. We, um, me and Cavs are from a small town called Daniliquin about 8,000 people, 
and I went home for Easter and played in a tennis tournament with my, my old man. And, yeah, we won the B grade, so there you go. And he's the president of the Lawn Tennis Club? Yeah, Inter Niliquin. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the president. So everyone was saying it was rigged, but uh, we, we won fair and square, so. And you are Cookie Dog. 69. 69. And I have a gift for you, Cookie Dog, right here, an original Standell, speaking of Garage Rock, LP Live from 1966. I didn't even know there was live recordings of them. And right behind you, Stu, you have... Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello. The Pioneer Tourist Park. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was my, yeah, I our family owned a caravan park back in our little hometown where me and Eric are from. The Pioneer Tourist Park. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have a gift for you right here, a Buddy Rich original LP from 1959. You know me too well. It's very cool, very sweet. And speaking of records, Stu, you have put out a lot of records, haven't you? We've put out a few, yeah. I would like to present you with your most recent LP, or one of the most recent LPs, put out by Neptune Records. They put out your record. Yeah, see, I get nerdy about these presents. Uh, uh, actually, Eric, do you want to pull open the record? Look at the vinyl on this record. Because, you know, does, is Eric good at quality control? Eric, yeah. Eric's this wasn't pressed by Flightless, so it's probably not that good, but we'll see. Oh. It's the Neptune pressing, and check out the other side of vinyl. Yeah, that's very nice. Could you please explain, like, here is a Vancouver label, Neptune Records, releasing your record. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, and you don't even know about it. This is the first time you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it on the internet, but I haven't seen it in the flesh, so it's nice. So Neptune released your record in Vancouver. That's amazing. It's cool. Yeah. And you don't even know it, really. No, no, not at all. Didn't know it happened. But it didn't stop there. Kingfisher Blues also released your record with alternative album art. Now, this one, this one I have seen online. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Check out the vinyl of that one. Okay. And could you talk about the album art? Because that's alternative album art, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's um. It's by Eden Cook. She did some alternative album art regarding your lore. That was that allowed? That wasn't allowed, was it? Uh, I think you could just do whatever you like. That was the idea. We didn't know what was going to happen, so yeah, I think it's cool when people make their own art. That was part of it. And that's Kingfisher Blues from Vancouver releasing your record. Masters of the Gizverse, apparently. Check it out. And I looked on Discogs, and there are like 180 versions of your record. That's incredible, yeah. That's wild. Have you got every copy of the record? I know Jace, who does all our artwork and stuff, is actually out the back. He's a bit scared to come on camera, but um, he's trying to collect them all. He's got about 15 so far. So I think he's got the most. And people have been really creative. Like there are eight tracks and reel-to-reels as well. Yeah, it's been kind of cool to watch, I don't know, some weird stuff happen. Because you are Lucas of King Gizzard and a Lizard Wizard, quote, easy listening adult contemporary mumble? What was it? Oh, mumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a, yeah, a solo thing I did a while ago. Quote, easy listening adult contemporary mumble. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm all about. I, mu I mumble. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I've forgotten what uh, what the intention was. Well, I have a gift for you right here. A Moog record. Oh, the yeah. first music for... Easy listening ever recorded on the Moog. And that is for you right there because you're into quote, easy listening, adult contemporary mumble. That's incredible. Thank you. Rough River. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's my sister. The Atolls. 
Oh yeah, that's my old band. Periscope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't in the Periscope, so that was our friend's band. Uh, the the Hotnets. With King Gizzard, are you allowed to have other bands? <laughs> <laughs> there are no more locks. How does that work? Uh, there's never a contract, so uh, I think well, it's, it's unwritten it's agreement. Yeah. yeah, he's supposedly our manager. And you are Joe Walker of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wiz. What's the importance of War Rumpy Band? Oh, uh, they're a, a band from um, the northern part of Australia, um, who where I grew up and was born. And they're, um, yeah, they were a pretty big influence on me, I guess, getting into music. The Stompin' Ground Fest of 1993. Yeah, yeah it's one of my f- earliest memories. I was supposedly, supposedly was on TV, and I was about two years old. And now you're in King... Gizzard. And the lizard. Wizard. And now you're into, yes, I have an actual program guide from Yes for you. An original program guide. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's crazy. You're into Yes. So you went from War Rumpy Band to Yes. How did that happen? Uh, I don't know. I guess I listened to Tool as a 13-year-old boy and then (laughs) went backwards. That's pretty much it. And here we are in Stanley Park, British Columbia, Canada. How would you describe, basically, all the different members of King Gizzard and a Lizard Wizard, the way they look? Uh, each of them separately? Yes. The way they look. Uh, from your left. Oh, man, I'm going to get beat up for this later. Uh, I don't, uh, Joe's been referred to Gosling, a bit of a Ryan Gosling sometimes, but... I don't know. These days, he's more of a Channing Tatum for me or something. <laughs> Eric uh, gets a bit of uh, Bobby Gillespie. Mm, yeah, but he's a bit needs to maybe work on this, shave that off, and he a little bit more. Cookie lately, more of a lumberjack sailor man look he's going for. Yeah, he's got a got a nice dome on him. Uh, Lucas, Lucas is just you know just kind of typical handsome looking looking man. He can grow a mean beard. Uh, Cavs is just. You know, those curls do wonders for me. It's really gorgeous. Uh, and then we have Stu. No, I'm <laughs> no Stu's, uh, yeah, like you said, can be possessed at times, but he's got a good heart. And, yeah. <laughs> and Stu, what about Ambrose? What about Ambrose? He's, he's beautiful. Look at him. He's gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. Why should people care about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? People can care if they want to care if they don't. That's cool as well. It's their choice, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. They shouldn't care. We're great role models. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, King Gizzard and the Lizard. Wizard. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do loot do. Do do.
And you're still listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Denardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, King Lizard, King Gizzard, and a Lizard Wizard with their cover of the Naz's Open My Eyes. And before that, an interview from Melbourne, Australia, with King Gizzard, Gizzard, and a Lizard Wizard. And before that, an acetate of the witch by the Sonics. But it wasn't the Sonics, it was another band. For instance, um, another band just went in and recorded the witch and left the acetate around and it was recovered in the 1960s. And they recorded it and it was recovered recently in comp for the Back from the Grave, Volume 9, which was presented to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard by me, Nardwar, the Human Serviette. And before that, we are James Bond and the Agents with Wild Angel. And before that, the Gentleman with It's a Cry and Shame, the Demo Estate Again version. So we just heard right there some King Gizzard doing the Naz's Open My Eyes from 1968, the originals from 1968. Let's go and check out the Seeds, who were also mentioned in the interview with 90 million people daily making love. Here's the Seeds with 90 million people daily making love from 1968 on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. One, two, three, four. Take a look at my palm Tell me what you see There's a romance crossing On over to me The deer in the forest Covered by the hunter's gun The people on the street have nowhere to run. Nine hundred million people daily all making love. Nine hundred million people daily all making love. And old king and Neptune 
soft and warm But then I see Your eyes on me And I realize That love to me Nine hundred million people daily
And you're still listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. You just heard right there from 1966, the Standells with Peppermint Beetle. And before that, the Seeds from 1968 with 90 million people daily making love. And before that, some King Gizzard doing the Naz, open my eyes. And before that, an interview with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard from Melbourne, Australia. Speaking of Australia, I thought I would continue on that tangent of playing some Australian music from the 60s down under compilation right here here right now is the master's apprentices with buried and dead on CITR radio
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. That was the birds from Australia. Apparently, some members of the English birds, not Ron Wood, relocated to Australia and recorded that track, Dust in My Pants, by the birds. And before the birds from Australia, we heard a little bit of the Easy Beats. Oh, actually, we heard the Black Diamonds doing I Want, Need, and Love from Australia as well. The Easy Beats featuring Vanda Young, Rest in Peace Young, with Woman, and Buried and Dead by the Master's Apprentices. Again, all from the Australian compilation, 60s Down Under Volume 1. Actually, um, the track that we just heard right now was from the Ugly Things Volume 2 compilation, and that was The Birds. We're going to continue on with the Australian theme in honor of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard by playing some Beasts of Bourbon, Kim Solomon from Australia, and we're going to hear Ten Wheels for Jesus, and props go out to Casper. Thank you for listening, Casper, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show for all these years. And thank you for remembering the number, 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CATR, if you have any requests. Or you can email me or tweet me at nardwar at nardwar.com, or you can tweet me at at nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. Nardwar to human serviette. So right now, in honor of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, here are the Beasts of Bourbon with Ten Wheels for Jesus on the Nardwar to human serviette radio show.
You're still listening, hopefully, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there from Australia, the sunsets with hot generation. And if you go to YouTube, you can see an amazing version of the Pandoras doing that tune live. Well, sort of live at the L.A. Inn. And kind of like a video show, L.A. in the Pandora's. But that was the sunsets with Hot Generation. And before that, from Melbourne, Australia, home of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, God with My Pal. And that was released on the Lance Rock Hello Jack Thielman record label out of Nanaimo, co-released with a go-go. But for a little while there, Jack released a lot of Ogogo records in Canada through his Lance Rock recordings out of Nanaimo, which is still going strong, which recently released a Demo Suzuki, well, not recently, but has released in the past couple of years, a Demo Suzuki of Khan record. So that was God with My Pal, and before that, The Beast of Bourbon from Australia as well, with Ten Wheels for Jesus. To end the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show, you heard the sunsets talking about the hot generation surfing in Australia. I thought I would play a little bit of Johnny Quest in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Johnny Quest, a record presented by Hannah Barbera on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show.
Dr. Quest's laboratory on one of the Florida Keys, Johnny Quest is reading a very exciting story out loud. To a very excited listener, his dog, Bandit. And just as the giant squid was crushing Captain Nemo with one of his tremendous tentacles, one of the crewmen of the atomic submarine, Nautilus, grabbed a big axe Hi, and... Johnny. How'd you like to go on a little expedition with Race and me? Thanks, but not now, Dad. I'd rather finish this book. Boy, is it ever terrific. Oh? What book are you reading, son? I'm reading Jules Verne's book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Wow, all about an atomic sub and a giant sea monster called a squid. And the giant squid attacked the submarine and... <laughs> I know, Johnny. It's a great story. I read it when I was a boy. Now, you sure you don't want to come along with us? No, thanks, Dad. I'd rather stay here and finish this story. Okay. Grace and I, we're just going out and try out... Well, I'll see you later, Johnny, and don't forget your homework. Wait, Dad. Did you say diving, Bill? Sure. You know, the deep-sea exploring sphere I've been working on. I think it ought to go down farther than anyone has ever gone before. Gee, you mean like 20,000 leagues under the sea? <laughs> no, Johnny. Captain Nemo didn't go down 20,000 leagues. That's 60,000 miles. But we do hope to set a new world's record for diving this time. Boy, it sounds like real fun. Can I go? Sure. It's perfectly safe. Get your things together. Race and I will be down at the research ship. But hurry. Hi, Johnny. So you decided to make the trip with us, huh? Sure, Race. I wouldn't want to miss seeing a new world's record dive, would I? Who would, Johnny? Hurry up and get aboard. We're shoving off in a minute. Okay, Race. Up anchor. We're getting underway. Johnny, give Race a hand with the anchor winch. You might as well learn how to be a good sailor. Okay, Dad. I mean, aye, aye, sir. Boy, nothing like heading out to the open sea. Where are we going, Dad? We're heading for Lost Canyon, Johnny. Lost Canyon? In the ocean? That's right. The ocean floor isn't all flat. There are high mountains and deep canyons on the bottom of the ocean. Lost Canyon was just discovered early this year. Soundings indicate that it might be 36,000 feet deep. Are you going to try to go to the bottom of Lost Canyon, Dad? <laughs> no, no, Johnny, but it would be a perfect spot to see how far down my new diving bell can go. Isn't she a beauty? I'll say. Looks like a great big old iron ball. What are you going to call her, Dad? Well, since you're a Jules Verne fan, let's call her the Nautilus. Great! Let's go below, Johnny, and see what race is cooked up in the galley. You know, this salt air gives me an appetite, even for race's cooking. <laughs> Hiya, race. What's for lunch? I thought I'd try another TV dinner. Oh, not again. Uh-oh. It's my hotline to Washington. Wonder what's up. Dr. Quest on the research ship SeaQuest. Come in, DC-037. Come in. DC-037, calling Dr. Quest. Do you read me? Loud and clear. What is your position, Doctor? We're at longitude 84 degrees, 26 minutes. Latitude 24 degrees, 6 minutes. Why? I figured you were in that area. We've got an emergency on our hands and thought you might be able to give us a hand. Well, I'll try, sir. What is it? We just got a report of an accident at sea. One of our atomic subs ran into trouble, and the crew had to abandon ship. Too bad. Anyone lost? No. All hands were picked up by patrol plane, but the sub sank before the atomic reactor could be neutralized. We've got to locate that sub before enemy agents find it. Right, sir. 
I'm sure there are lots of people interested in that atomic engine. Where'd this sub go down? She sank at longitude 72 degrees, 30 minutes. Latitude 30 degrees, 15 minutes. Well, that's not far from our position. We should make it there before the Navy could get to the scene. Good luck, Doctor, but be careful. That's one of the deepest spots on the ocean floor. I know. We'll do our best, sir. Sequest out. Well, Race, I guess you heard what we've got to do. Right, Doctor. I'm just glad we've got the new diving bell to make the dive with. Boy, sounds exciting, huh, Bandit? <coughs> Well, Race, according to my navigation, this is about where the sub was lost. I'll break out the gear and winch the diving bell into position. Wow, just like 20,000 leagues under the sea. Can I go with you, Dad? Well, the diving bell, uh, the Nautilus, is perfectly safe, or I wouldn't go down in it myself. Okay, I could use a little help reading the instruments. Come on, Bandit, hop in. We're going to the bottom of the sea. <coughs> okay, Race. As soon as I close the safety hatch, lower away. Remember to keep the oxygen supply up and let her down easy. I wouldn't want to snap the cable. Don't worry, Doctor. I'll mind the store. Just be careful and keep the intercom open. I want to hear a blow-by-blow -blow description of the whole trip. Down she goes. How far down are we, Dad? Well, according to my gauges, we're about 40 fathoms down and descending at about 20 fathoms a minute. Boy, look out the window. All kinds of fish and things. Not window, Johnny. Porthole. Now, you keep watch out there while I keep watching these gauges. Aye, aye, sir. Dad, look! A monster! Where, Johnny? Oh, oh, oh that's not a monster. That's a giant manta ray. Well, whatever it is, I wouldn't want to run into an ugly thing like that while I was skin diving. How far down are we now, Dad? The gauge shows 1,000 fathoms. What's this thing, Dad? Now, that's the switch that opens our outside hydrophone. Hydrophone? What for? Well, there's a lot we don't know about life beneath the seas. For instance, lots of people don't know that many of the strange-looking creatures of the sea make some most unusual sounds. You mean we can hear the fish talk, Dad? Well, not exactly talk, Johnny. But many marine creatures make cries of distress, mating calls, and, well, just plain noises. Gee, can we turn on the outside mic and listen? Sure, Johnny, why not? Now, listen carefully. Wow, listen. I never knew that fish could be so noisy. Sequest calling the Nautilus. How's it going, Doctor? So far, so good, Race. Uh, step up the oxygen supply. It's uh, getting a bit snuffy down here. Roger. Gee, Dad, it's getting so dark I can't see a thing out there. Now switch on the floodlight. Oh, that's better. Now I can see way out in front of the Nautilus. Can I use the intercom, Dad? Sure thing. Nautilus calling Sequest. Do you read me, Race? There's a bell. A diving bell, that is. How's it going? Fantastic. I feel like Captain Nemo in the first Nautilus. This place is out of this world. Hey, there goes a big old fish that's lit up like a neon sign. You could see him in the dark. It's phosphorescent, Johnny. Now, let me speak to Race, Johnny. Race, we've done it. We've reached 6,000 fathoms. Congratulations, Doctor. Well, that's a new record. You see anything yet that looks like a sub down there? Well, not yet, Race, but it can't be far to the bottom. I'll switch on my sonar scope and see what I can pick up. 
Oh, Johnny, if there's any large object out there, we ought to bounce a few sonar beams off it. Johnny, look. We're picking up something on the sonar scope. What is it, Dad? The lost sub? No, but whatever it is, it's moving. Gee, Dad, this is just like the book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You think there could be such a thing as a giant squid? Like the one that attacked Captain Nemo's Nautilus? Well, down here, there could be almost anything. Man has explored the heavens and is ready to rocket to Mars, but we still know almost nothing about the deep, dark, mysterious world at the bottom of the sea. You mean there really could be a giant squid? Well, let's just say it is possible. Could be an atomic mutation from a sunken atomic reactor or atomic waste. Dad, look! That, that thing, whatever it is, it's getting bigger and bigger. It sure is, Johnny. It's bigger than anything I ever saw come out of the sea, including blue whales. Wait, wait, look, John. Whatever it is, it's, it's moving around like it's excited or scared. It's scared? Look, it seems to be attracted to our lights. Well, let's turn off the floodlight then. Right. If it doesn't see the light, maybe it'll go away. There. It worked, Johnny. The sonar scope indicates that thing, whatever it is, is going up toward the surface. I'll see if I can follow it all the way. Still see it, Dad? Mm, not anymore, Johnny. I lost it. Now we can switch the floodlight back on. Dad, look! What's that over there? Looks like the hulk of a ship. No. There's markings on the hull. It's the lost sub. I'll get hold of race. Calling the sequest. Come in, Race. What's up, Doctor? You sound excited. I am. We've sighted the sunken atomic sub. Is it still in one piece? No, it's broken apart. But the atomic reactor seems to be all together. I'll check with the Geiger counter to see if there's any dangerous radioactivity. Race.